Hello, this is Billy Moon. Thanks for tuning into my podcast. It's 2022 already, season three. As COVID stays in our lives, I missed talking and learning from other creatives. And I discovered a newfound hobby of connecting people to other people to get close to their dreams. So bear with my interview skills, if any, and dive into the stills of life. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm sitting here with Jason Poon. What's up? Am I saying your last name right? Yes, you are. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for coming down here. And Yili, uh, formerly Song, told me that I should talk to you. So thank you for being here. Yeah, shout out to Yaley. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. We don't know where she is anymore. <laughs> she's probably traveling the globe. I hope so. Now that she's a happily married woman. Yes, she is. Good for her. I'm happy for her, for sure. Yeah. So I understand that um, you're a filmmaker as well. Yeah. And you're, you recently, sort of recently, got back into it again, like full force. I guess that's TBD, to be honest. Oh. Yeah. Why? What's going on? Um, so I think what you're referring to is I recently directed a project. I directed a music video, which I'm nice. really excited about. Can uh, you tell us who it is? It's an ind- independent artist. His name is Junsei. Uh, this okay. is his debut, so he hasn't actually released anything before this. Oh. Yeah. How did you connect? Through friends of friends. Um, oh. I, uh, his roommate or former, I don't know, I think roommate uh, works... Um, in the industry as more of like AD kind of position. And uh, so we connected um, just because I've hired her to help with my projects in the past. Oh, okay. Uh, And she's she's been a friend for a while. I remember when she first started. Uh, Shout out to Mishi. He needed a director and he reached out, uh, she reached out to me on his behalf and that's how it was. Okay. Yeah. Cool. How many days was it? It was a three day shoot. Wow. Yeah. It was a pretty cool project. Um, I think the thing I really liked about it was that uh, there's a lot of narrative aspects to it, and um, mm-hmm. he's not even in it. There's zero performance, so it's all narrative. Oh, so you got actors? We got actors. We hired actors. Oh, I love uh, that. Yeah, yeah. We had a whole um, we had extras on. We had a bunch of extras on a day. It was just a really cool shoot. Um, I even got to write like dialogue scenes uh, oh. for it and have interact actors. So that was probably one of my highlights. Uh-huh. But going back to your original point of the TBD was that yeah. this is my first project I've directed in like three years. And uh, during that three years, I and kind of like, <laughs> not, I mean, obviously the pandemic, but also kind of like maybe a little like creative searching, if you will, uh, of where I wanted to be with. Yeah. Let's get filmmaking. into that. Yeah, we will. We will. Because in industry terms, three years feels like, what, five? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And to me, a month feels like three. No, especially in LA. I think so much stuff's going on that. Or uh, nothing. I feel like it's always, uh, maybe not necessarily my life, but I feel like there's always things happening. Mm. And so whether or not I'm doing something. Um, to you or for you? Surround me. Okay. Yeah. I think so, time just flies. I hope so. I think that's a good sign. I think so too. When will we see this music video? Uh, we just finished the assembly cut. Uh-huh. So we're still pretty early in. There's quite a bit of visual effects as well. So it's oh probably going to be a while, but... And the budget was $3.2 million, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounds like. I have never breathed that budget, but I hope I will one day. I hope you got paid for this. I did. Okay, good. Yeah. I was pursuing filmmaking in general, videography, directing, uh, working on crew for about 10 years, freelance. And I think at the end of the 10, um, which is around right before the pandemic, it was kind of, it it wasn't planned, but uh, I took up a day job for the first time in 10 years. Oh, um, what's that? Uh, 
or what was it? I do uh, social media ads. So it's like graphic design slash like video design. So motion oh. graphics, video graph, uh, video graphics, gotcha. graphic design. Um, but it was a nice kind of like moment for me to just kind of deprioritize directing. Mm-hmm. I think for a long time, I was like, that was my main focus, my only focus, writing, directing. Uh, and uh, I kind of just decided to just take a quick break from it, not really thinking too much about it. Pandemic hits and uh, it was kind of like, I didn't have to worry about that. It kind of stopped anyway. Would you say you didn't have the same passion as before or something? Um, so the pause happened? I think I just felt really tired from the grind of it. Mm. Um, That's my I think, life. Uh, I think an analogy that I always think about is like, there's a lot of like great NBA, I don't know if you watch sports, but I love basketball. And there's a lot of players who, they can still play, but do they want to play 82 games, go to practices for those games, travel across the country? They can play a game and they can probably do really well, but do they want to go through that whole season? Well, and when I, you're paying $10 million, you better do it. <laughs> I think for some people they've made like 400 million. So does that 10 million matter? You know what I mean? Like even if they were, right? It matters it, to me. <laughs> uh, no, no, I feel, I you, I feel you. you. I feel you. But I think for me it was like kind of like thinking, man, I've grinded for 10 years and I'm not quite where I want to be, where I, where I thought I might be. And it's almost like, you know, it doesn't hurt to just take a break. Yeah, just take a break or even um, just deprioritize it. Like it, I still feel passionate about it strongly. Like I've been watching movies a lot more lately, less, especially the last few months. Yeah. But I think the thing that I'm thinking about the the TBD aspect of it is is this something that I really love where I want to go through that hustle and grind of it? That's the scariest yeah. question, man. Cuz I don't know if you're like me. I don't know how to do anything else. It's like Al Pacino said, I don't much want to either. I don't have an answer, uh, like a direct answer at the moment. I'm still this is something I'm still processing. Yeah. Um, I do know I love it, um, but I feel like uh, if I if I even reflect on my own journey, uh, I think I used to plan things out a lot, like want to plan. Yeah. And I think for the first time through the pandemic, it gave me a space to kind of just stay more present and not look so far into the future. It's like let's let's just see what's in front of me. Focus on those things. In front of you, yeah. yeah. Hulu, Netflix, uh, Prime, <laughs> food. Hey, I love all those. Yeah. And how do you feel now? I feel good. I feel really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, you made the video. I, yeah. I hope you're gonna you're gonna do more. Yeah, I'm really proud of it. Now I feel I feel like that is a big change from the past. At least as a creator, I feel like I used to be so hypercritical of my work that I yeah. could never enjoy it when it was done. I felt like I had already grown yeah. past the skills of what I was showing. You know how filmmaking takes a while. So the, the, who I am as an artist when I create it and who I am when it's done is, I feel like I'm much better than what I'm showing. And so I, a lot of work, honestly, I felt very ashamed of it and never willing to kind of like promote it and share it. That's everybody, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like now there's a sense of almost like confidence. It's almost like, because I don't have the <laughs> pressure of like, I need to do directing. Uh-huh. There's like a freedom of just enjoying that process. I I feel really proud of the project. I feel it's gonna be really good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you gonna have like a big screening too? I think the team wants to. The producers. Um, this is also I think another big part of this project was I, I co-directed it. So even oh. though I was brought on to direct it, I brought on a co-director who ended up um, having his team produce it, and so oh. it ended up being a really great relationship. Where. Shout out to Jeff, who was the co-director. I think he's a great director. Okay. Um, yeah, we, you're, you're turning red. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell no, I'm him. kidding. Don't I, tell I don't him. know. I'm no. sure it's good. 
No, I I really enjoyed. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was a great. It was. I learned a lot from him. And uh, we've we've known each other for a while, and I, I think in a way he he kind of refers to me as like a, a master, kind of like someone that kind of like was around longer. Oh. But I feel like in that time that we've been kind of working, he's kind of done a lot of amazing projects that I like. I think look great, uh-huh. uh, and I learned a lot from him as well. And then I think just getting to kind of dabble in it and, and not have to carry the whole weight of the project uh-huh. was nice. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was. It was. I don't know. It was a. It was a fun kind of way to come back into directing. Mm. I feel pretty lucky. Nice. Yeah. What movie would you say changed your life? I mean, there, I know there's a lot, but what's the first one? First title that popped in? Changed my life is such an interesting. I really love Wong Kar Wai, uh-huh. um, and um, I think the movie that comes to mind right now is just in the mood for love. Yeah. A uh, big Be- fan of it. Beautifully feel, shot. Yeah, I think cinematography-wise, like amazing. But there was something about the story, I think, and the characters, and the way the story was told, where it talks about love, yeah. but in a very like non-direct way, indirect way. A little abstract, little definitely abstract. Almost like a silent film. There's no like love scenes in the movie, but you. Yeah. But I felt this deep, deep sense of love between the characters. And I that sense of like unrequited love at the very end. Spoiler yeah. alert, sorry. It's kind of like filling in that gap of loneliness, that kind of love story. Definitely a sense of loneliness. Yeah. Um, but I just remember f- the emotions I kind of felt uh-huh. from that film. Even though like the shots are really slow, the music's kind of like slow, kind of swells in and out. I still felt this deep sense. And I was like, whoa, I never that felt high that. That cello was pretty cool. Right, right. Yeah. So that one. Back to the Future for different reasons. It kind of brought me on this oh, adventure yeah. that I just loved. That's a perfect film. So I love that film. I could Watch geek out about that one oh, yeah. forever, dude. And I love two as well. And three. I like I like, I like all three. One is probably the, my favorite, but... One is a masterpiece. Yeah. Two and three are fun. Um, but I hear the same shit about those two sequels from Friends. They, they love two because... They get to see the same thing yes. with different angles. Yeah. And I'm a like, different actress. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth? The girlfriends replaced because they, they recasted. Yeah, yeah. But that was a cool... Even, the, even that difference was like a cool thing. It's like almost like a parallel universe. Like that was funny. It's your kids, Marty. It's your kids. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's cool for those different angles of reliving the past. But it's like, there's not much impact there. It's just, it's just cool. But I like three more than two. Okay, okay. Yeah. Three was fun. I, I, I mean, dude, that train sequence? No, for sure. That was ahead of its time, right? Oh, for sure. It's It looks practical. In my mind, it was real. Everything was real. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. It's not like Fast and Furious but, or anything like that, that cartoony action. No, no, but, no. Um, so what kind of movies do you want to make? I feel like I feel like the films that I, I kind of lean towards end up being like dramas. Mm-hmm. To me, I think they're just something really powerful about two actors in a scene. Yeah expressing emotion but also advancing a story and that dynamic between the two characters i think is such a powerful thing mm-hmm. um yeah i feel like that's the thing that i always kind of am most drawn to at the end of the day um, as much as i love like crazy plots and action sequences and um yeah suspense i love suspense films but there's something about like dramas that i don't know that resonate with me no i get it when you talked to Yaley, did she mention anything about the fashion stuff? Was that anything that she's ever mentioned? Briefly. So I started sewing uh, end of 2020 and I started making designing stuff. And, you know, literally I, I just started learning, but I, I started creating stuff that I thought was, I was really proud of. Yeah. And it was this weird space of kind of like 
enjoying creativity in a completely different way that I've never enjoyed before. Yeah, like a new discovery of... It was absolutely new discovery. Something equally f- feeling good. Yes, yes. And I think in some way, it kind of let me let go of an identity of being a director that I had held on for so many years. Oh, boy. And and being able to just be like, I'm an artist. And I know that like there's the... 50 hyphenate, oh, I'm a art, art writer, director, producer, actor, uh, visual. I And I get that side of it. You only need one or two. Right. <laughs> I don't even consider myself like all these necessary titles, but it was like something in my heart where I was like, man, I feel like there's a space where I can be able to really enjoy what I do, even though I don't yeah. necessarily know what that is right now. I know I enjoy directing. You know, I, I, I enjoy like street photography yeah. Fashion design, for some reason, is like very appealing to me, and I can see how they can all interconnect in some sort of way. And so, not having to like see my future as like one specific destination as a point, right? But like just a general wave, like this right. wave that I'm kind of on. And I think because I feel like, you know, have I been able to do something creative in the last couple of weeks? I have. Have I been doing stuff that I'm proud of? I have. So instead of like focusing on that like point in the future, it's almost like. I'm going somewhere, so let's just write it. And that's kind of giving me a lot of peace. Wow. And you're still doing it, right? I got yeah. to see some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're really cool. I mean, it, it takes me back to the 90s Okay. in some strange okay. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know that much about fashion, only from, like, model shoots and stuff. Right, right, right. How's that going? Oh, I love it. I love it. It's just you been selling? A, I think a lot of people in L.A. ask me that. Um, you're not selling? I don't have. You're not giving business. them away for free, are you? I don't have a. I, I gave one piece away for to a friend, um, who actually the, the I think the story was that when I first started sewing, I borrowed his sewing machine, and he recently uh, started uh, pr- um, his MBA program, and so oh. he moved. He left LA. He's he's from Southern California. He's moved to a Bay Area, oh. and so it was kind of like a, a going away gift. Okay. Shout out to my buddy Tiger. Okay. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I I don't, I don't have any business in place. So far, it's just been a creative outlet, but it's been really fun. Are you going to, you know, upgrade to business website and all that stuff? I feel like the fun of what I'm doing is that I don't have an overhead. I don't have like a something that's drawing me to create a business. Mm. Um, and in some ways, I almost feel like in the back of my mind, it would be cool to kind of sell stuff. But I feel like right now, I, I just feel like I'm kind of in maybe the brand phase where I just want to build the brand. And that's more exciting than necessarily um, making money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it goes hand in hand. Like my buddy, he said, like um, the one that I get the jacket to, he was like, you know, a good way to build your brand is for other people to have the have pieces of it. And I was like, that's true. That's true. So I'm not closed off to any ideas. I'm very open. You got to get a logo. You got to. I got the logo all- recently. So, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's it called? It's my um, Chinese middle name, which is Huming. And what does that mean? Uh, there's a lot of ways to kind of define it. Um, Hue kind of means like the coming forth, the entering. And then Ming has a kind of a dull meaning. It means like bright in the literal sense of like illumination, but also like of like knowledge or information. Mm. Um, it's like a bright destiny. Yeah, yeah. Like coming forth of, uh, of, of, of maybe bright. For me, I... Cash. Kind of, <laughs> gold, gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the end of the rainbow. Yeah. Whichever you want. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> Diamonds. <laughs> okay, so that's good. So, are, is it just you? You're the one man army behind this. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's just been fun. I think that's why I like it the most. Is that there's no pressure 
for me to create and I have like the sense of like the space where I'm not under the the the, the guidance of like a client it's just me I'm mm. the client I, I get to do what I want so that's been okay. fun how many items do you have in your stock and I'm probably like 15 20 pieces maybe more all done yeah wow I think this is a good topic because we um there's so many people who want to go into fashion in this stupid city and they just don't start or even finish what they want to start after they start what's your insight about like us launching this even though you're not gonna like officially launch a business yet so like for example like the the basic questions like where do you get all your fabric like how do you know how to make deals like how do you compare and contrast these fabric from different sources how do you do that Jason how do you I mean I resonate it? with those people who, who who don't who haven't started you know uh, just because that was me for many years for many things I think it's so easy to just talk about an idea I think the the dopamine hit of like having yeah. a great idea and talking about the idea and having someone else gas you up about that idea I feel like that's really easy it's like low-hanging fruit it, it drives me crazy dude but the hard work is very very hard and I think that like maybe is overlooked by a lot of people who maybe do that is that creative work can be sexy on the outside but the day-to-day can be very boring uh and i feel like that like misunderstanding of what a creative life is especially when you're when someone's trying to learn their craft like sewing is very tedious learning how to make a pattern and drawing there's a lot of math involved and so people are thinking like oh i'm gonna be on fashion week in paris i'm gonna be next to kanye west which is and tyler the creator but I'm sitting here like doing math with some paper, you know, and drawing shapes and, you're, and, and your shoulders and your neck are killing you, right? <laughs> you know, and I, I don't and like I, this. I'm new. To, I'm generally new to this, but they don't see that. They just see kind of like this output. And so yeah. I and I resonate. It's like same with movies. Like I remember Chris Rock saying this when he was writing um, top five. He said, "Yeah, make it writing movies is like the least sexiest thing you can do. Yeah. Everyone sees the red carpet, but like just sitting." at your desk in front of your MacBook on Final Draft or you know, fade in, re- rewriting a scene the 50th time, yeah. that is not sexy. And, and I think that that's a huge challenge for you know people to follow through is that like, can you grind through those yeah. 365 days that aren't sexy? Yeah. I think the work that you put in that people don't see is probably the one, the work that'll pay off. For sure. Because, yeah, it's like you said, they focus on the glamour, the final product. No one cares about our process. Yeah. But, but the journey is what we have to go through. Like, being on set for the music video for three days was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And, like, like just being able to direct, have people kind of look up to you. There's a sense of importance. You're directing actors. Easy, you, easy. You have the director's chair. Well, we didn't have director's chairs, but, like, we had little director monitor. You had Apple boxes to sit on. <laughs> we didn't even have those. But Oh, boy. Uh, we also had tons of pre-production meetings that were like six, seven, eight hours. And this is after like I'm done with my day job. I'm going to the six hour meeting after my day job. And so that's not appealing. You know, that's not a, 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 that's not fun. We have to rewrite the script. But those are the things that people necessarily think of when they're thinking of directing. They're not right. thinking about, oh, I'm going to do a pitch for this commercial or music video and I'm going to spend a few like a week on it. And then the client's never going to get back to me about it. <laughs> right. Like that's directing. If you want to do commercial yeah. directing, if you want to do music video directing, you have to pitch to the artist yeah. and, the, and the label, and they have to choose your work. 
That's a good point because directors, we don't get to just pick and choose projects. We have to audition, so to speak. Like, here's my pitch deck. Here's my vision. Because there's other directors who are probably lined up who want the job. Maybe that's one reason why I kind of stepped down too. Maybe I, maybe I got scared about that. I think not just you. I think a lot of there's a fear for, a, I think, a lot of people. Yeah. It's super normal. Oh, boy. <laughs> So so back to your uh, your brand. Um, uh, where are you learning this stuff? Or uh, where did you like the end of twenty twenty, like YouTube or something? I mean, it started off with um, doing an alteration. So like, I had some pants that were too long, and I was like, oh, let me just try to make these shorter. Uh, how do you know how to do that though? There's this little tool called a seam ripper, and you use it to cut the seams seam open. Seam ripper. Seam seam ripper. What? When does that movie come out? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. Actually, that's a good title for a movie. That's a good title for me. The Seam Ripper. Seam Ripper is a good movie. Actually, a good title for. Um, there's a huge wave right now in fashion. Um, it's like a DIY kind of like upcycling wave for those people who are fans of that. That would be a really oh. cool title for a documentary on this DIY wave. I'm gonna save that one. Thank you. So I shouldn't air that part, huh? <laughs> no, you can. You can. Okay, you better like make that a brand name before this. That's goes a, such a cool. That's a cool because like that's the, the main tool that you can use to deconstruct. So like any seams you see, it's a very use, violent term, man. It, the these, seam ripper. You get these seams, and it's you're like saying out. it's like saying scalpel. <laughs> okay, sorry, go on. It's just close. It's just close. Okay. No, but like w- to deconstruct it, and I think in the process of deconstructing, you learn how it's constructed. Yeah, how like YouTube or. Well, I mean, just like taking part when you take apart something, you see how it was put together in a way. Not no, exactly. I'm not that smart, dude. <laughs> I hire people to do that. I, I feel like uh, stupidly. I definitely YouTube. I watched. It was funny because uh, um, a lot of the content is, is, like I said, very quote unquote boring. And so there's a lot of like middle aged women and grandmas on YouTube from like 2008 yeah. talking about like some technique. So I'm watching through this old video that's like 25 minutes long talking about some technique, and I'm like, oh, this is really interesting, but. I watched a lot of those videos. One of my uh, close friends from college, she's a fashion designer. Uh-huh. And so I would like text her and be that like, helps. hey, h- how do I do this thing? And she'd like take a photo and be like, here it is. Yeah, it was a lot of just like trial and error, a lot of taking clothes apart and kind of seeing how it was done. Okay. Do you have to be good at math? Or is it just helpful? That's specifically for pattern making. Okay, yeah. interesting. And I wouldn't say you have to be good at math. It's just that there's math involved. Well, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done. It's it's that mental uh, decision of quitting before trying. That's me. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm glad you find it very. Uh, you would call it joyful, right? Yeah, I I think that it's. I, I see a parallel between it and video editing. Video editing can be uh, very technical and very tedious. But fixing. I think for those who enjoy that, that kind of like precision of like frame by frame, I feel like yeah. the same. You have scene by scene. Yeah. And so I think subconsciously there was scene this parallel. By seam. Uh, you said it. <laughs> Coming soon to a TV network. That's uh, that's the uh, part two of the documentary. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I, I kind of feel it's very similar. There's okay. a very technical aspect to it and precision, but also, uh, you know, there's a creative aspect as well. The design side. Very impressive, man. I could never do that. So I hope this goes on for a number of years then. I mean, I hope so too. On top of the filmmaking too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you surprised when you picked up the directing's chair, so to speak, again, bef- right before this music video? Because you took that three-year break. You just, like, decided... The opportunity like, kind of, I guess, presented itself. Uh, would you call that a sign? 
when you were I mean, sitting. I'm, I'm a pretty spiritual person, so I, I feel like if I think about it in that yeah. context, yeah. I, you I, are I levitating like, right now, yeah. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, it's freaking <laughs> me out. Get back in your chair. <laughs> no, I, I, I maybe, maybe. Because I was working on the project, I had to watch more films just to kind of get a reference, kind of get inspired, mm. think about different scenes in a different way. That's fun. And it kind of reconnected to me to like that original passion and joy that I had with movies oh, good. that kind of got me into film school, you know, all that, that whole journey. Yeah. And so I think, but I think I do want to distinguish between, you know, that joy of, of this moment, but also the journey of pursuing directing. I feel like they're slightly different. Yeah, uh, for sure. And so whether it goes forward, it's hard for me to say at this point, but if I were just to be like, is it, do I like it or dislike it? I would say I love it, you know, so. Do you have a day job now? I do. What is it? Do social media ads. Oh, right. Um, the, it's like from a graphic design perspective. Do you have to design. go to an office or something? Or from home. Oh, that's sweet. It is. It is. And that's enough to survive? Yeah. Yep. Damn. Great company. Uh, really good work culture. Um, Who are they? It's this company called Admix. Um, I guess some of the like bigger clients is like MeUndies, uh, Figs. Mm-hmm. If you in people in medical fields, um, a lot of e-commerce kind of like subscription oh, brand okay. or like uh, online stores, online retailers, kind of like that, that kind of client people that would use paid social media. So you're ads. in charge of like writing the captions under like. Uh, I mean, we work with the company, so we're uh-huh. basically just the agency that runs the ads, and okay. internally, I'm part of that design team, so we can oh, okay. make ads based off their assets or whatever. How long have you been there? Uh, two years, over two years, two and a half Damn. years. Yeah. So right you before to work the pandemic, from home for two years. It was kind of crazy. Like I started the job a month before the pandemic, and it was a remote company, so we don't have. A, there's no office. Everyone That's works. Beautiful. There's people like our team is from like Colorado, Ohio. Uh, there's a girl in Ventura, um, New York, there's a girl Austin. So like this, this is our team. We're just like all over. Oh. Um, but cool team, no drama, no politics. It's been that's, really fun. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Imagine all the people who lost their jobs, right? When the no, I'm super. I feel so started. grateful. I feel so grateful. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I hope it's okay to ask, like, because uh, I read about your public posts. I, I yeah. did some digging. Like, sure, sure, sure. You became an orphan at a yes. very young age, at 2022? Yes, yes. What happened? Uh, both my parents had cancer. Um, my mom passed away when uh, I was 22 and my dad passed away when I was I think just turned seven nothing nothing it was anything like crazy dramatic if I'm really honest I think when I was so young it kind of just happened and you know I didn't really know better and then my mom did a great job raising us so we just we felt pretty normal and then even I don't know maybe maybe it is my like religious background I felt very at peace through all of it uh, I felt like uh, you know in high school maybe I had like more rebellious phase but by the time that happened, I had kind of matured a little bit. We had spent time together. There weren't any words that were like left unsaid. So even though it's kind of like a wild situation, yeah. I do feel very at peace with everything that happened. What about during? Even during? During was weird. I'll be honest. Uh, I remember uh, the night it happened. Me and my brother were together. We were, we were back at home. We were in Southern California. We were kind of crying with each other. But for the next maybe six to eight months, we didn't cry at all. And mm. even at the funeral, we didn't cry. And it was kind of a weird kind of thing. I was talking to some friends and I'm like really self-aware about what's going on. I'm like, I feel like I should be crying. I have yeah. guilt that I'm not, I don't, I'm not externally showing sadness, yeah. even though I feel sad internally. I've been there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and eventually I think I, 
the processing, you know, over the next few years kind of happened, you know, whatever there was conversations, tears, uh, being able to reflect on it positively. Uh, so it was definitely weird. But I think even stranger was that like, um, it was almost surreal. Like, I, I, it's hard for me to even like it as a 22 year old kind of, I, I'm barely an adult, you know, finishing, finishing college, you know, pretty soon. And this idea like that I don't have parents is kind of hard for me to even wrap around my mind. So this happened before you graduated? Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Can I ask what kind of cancers they both had? Uh, it was liver cancer and pancreatic cancer. Yeah. My dad had liver cancer. My mom had pancreatic cancer. Did your mom remarry after your father passed? She did not. She was single the whole time. That's that's romantic, actually. You know, it's funny you call, you call it romantic. For me, I almost felt like she was like, she was very much like an independent woman. So it almost felt like she was more like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> that's 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 more of the energy that I've kind of felt growing up. I, I, <laughs> no resentment okay. towards men, but just kind of like she's I felt very it's, self-sufficient. It's funny now, but <laughs> maybe she did feel that way. Maybe like 5% of her felt that way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that's, a, that's a conversation that I think we might have had one conversation about it. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel pretty good. It was kind of one of those things. Oh, God. So you were with her when she passed? Yeah, so at that point, she was already in kind of a hospice situation. Yeah. So we already knew it was going to happen. Uh, of course, I think when it actually happens, is always a surprise. But... Our aunts were with us, so they were they're living in the Bay Area, so they came to Sacramento, and they were all just kind of staying together at our house. Uh, my brother took a semester off from school. We weren't back in school yet, so I was back at home, and uh, we were just all together. Uh, and it wasn't like, like, it was more so like, I think my mom just stopped breathing. That was pretty much it. And my aunt was there first, and we were just like, you know, doing our own whatever college thing. We're on the computer, you know, and then our aunt's like, oh, guys, come on, come in, come in. And so that was it. It wasn't nothing dramatic. It was very, honestly, very quiet, calm moment. Yeah, so I, I would say that she, obviously in pain from the cancer, but uh, I don't feel like it was any, like, dramatic kind of, like, ending or anything like that. It sounds like you're really close to her, though. Yes, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's like a boy's first love. Yeah. It's always the mom. Yeah, yeah, first. yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. What a topic I brought up. No, no worries. I, it's actually something I don't talk about very often, um, and oh. I think it's it's because um, it's kind of awkward to bring up. I think, or it's it's. it's I think it's, about that stuff all the time. I'll, I'll, let me maybe awkward's the wrong way. It's kind of out of place to bring up. Well, um, I wouldn't mention it as an icebreaker at a party, Jason. I which I don't. Which hey guys, guess up. what? <laughs> you want to know what happened to me? No, exactly. No, and they're I'm, like, where's that coming from? <laughs> exactly, exactly, and so. I think it's it's even though it's a a big part of my my story, it's not necessarily something that like fits into the converse the flow of most conversations. You know, sometimes people will bring up like, oh yeah, so what do your parents think about you doing creative work? Like that's a very common question I get, and I'm in that moment I have to decide like, okay, do I want to kind of deepen the conversation, or is this more of like a oh they're 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 whatever? And so it's kind of that space where like, if I'm meeting someone for the first time and there's yeah. not it's like a. There's you no point for to them to, to, you know? They should mention it first. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're right. There's no good reason for you to mention it first. There really isn't. Without making them yeah, squirm. And, and it's not that, yeah, and I think most people, it's it's kind of jarring to hear that. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not here for shock values. Like, bah, surprise. 
Oh man. Yeah. Was I mean last question about it? Sure, sure. While sure. she was uh, still alive, like, did you have like a last conversation with her where she was coherent enough to understand? No, she was uh, cognitively there the whole time. Uh-huh. I don't feel like I felt like the last couple years that we were together, even before she had cancer, knew about it. We had already kind of I had matured, I think, as a person, in 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 that like there was like this sense of wanting to connect, even if it was subconscious. I remember in film classes we have like it's like a, it's like a four or five hour class so it'd be like lecture for two hours and then watch a movie for two hours or three hours yeah so you know and, and I guess am I, I'm complaining refund <laughs> I'm complaining that like you know our classes are five hours but in the, we'd have a break in the middle and I remember I would call my mom just to like say hi and just yeah, chat yeah. and I'd, I'd never done that before it's not like a thing I did but I feel like that kind of represented like the desire just to connect and just like you know we had a friendship at that point yeah um still you know she was still my mom there was still things that i was annoyed by my mom you know you know just the parental kind of stuff the the culture differences age uh, generational differences but at the end of the day i feel like the last couple of years we really felt we just had good nothing crazy and so i don't think there was ever a need to have some sort of like closure conversation it was already there like we already knew mm. we loved each other mm. and so there's nothing that sticks out to me, but I do, I, you know, it was a very, like I said, very calm kind of like transition. Are they buried? Yeah. Sacramento. T- together? Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. It is, it is, it that's is. That's very, that's romantic. Yes, it is, it I is. I mean, that's is. a dark thing to say, but it's, it's romantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. So you always have a place to look forward to going. And yeah, yeah. Every when, time you're in town. When I'm in town, you know, make a little visit, just drop by, Yeah. You know. Shit, I think about that all the time about my parents, and it's they real. hate they hate it when I mention it too. It's real. Yeah, cause uh, anyway, I don't want to start crying, dude. I cry so easily now. Now that I'm in my uh, late sixties, I, I cry in commercials. I cry in stupid. Why are you laughing? I cry in like really goofy emotional scenes and like big budget movies. Now it's like so stupid. You're tapped into your emotions, man. Tapped into your heart. It's okay. uh, it's that life stage, I guess. And anyway, enough about me. <laughs> before Yaley brought you up, like months before that, um, I had this idea of like uh, a narrative feature about an orphan, but I don't know any orphans, and except for James Bond. So I've always wondered, in a real level, like, what is it like? What is it really like? Like. It's, I mean, I'm not trying to like bash or anything, you know, I hope not. No, 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 you're good. Because it's a horrible, horrifying feeling of like growing up without a mom and dad. It's like, you know, it's like, what is it really like? And I thought about doing interviews like with strangers, like just to do my own research. It sounds very invasive, but it's a, it's a feature idea I've had that I wanted to do so now that I talk to you I don't know if I want to do it anymore (laughs) (laughs) I I mean it's such a complicated thing right there's so many different people's different stories like yeah I think one of the things that I kind of this might even kind of be kind of twisted in a weird way but it's like I have a lot of friends you know who parents are divorced yeah and one can argue one is worse than the other I'm not going to say which one or which one you know depending on what perspective right yeah you know because I feel like I grew up in a relatively healthy family environment I'm very lucky for that. I felt like I felt loved through my my childhood. You know, uh, I don't feel like my my mom was perfect, but neither was I. And I think we were all learning as we go um, as we were going. And so, 
I feel like my experience is going to be really different than like someone else. I feel like in movies, the orphans always have some crazy origin story, you know, like whoever, you know, whoever Every it Marvel is. hero, yeah. Right, they're all yeah. orphans or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's really tough because like I like for me growing up without a father, it felt really normal. Like I didn't feel like anything was off. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Like that, that was your normal. Like cognitively, I knew I didn't have a dad, but I didn't know what that meant. And uh. if anything, that um, that concept is more real because a lot of my peers are being dads, and I'm seeing their relationship with their kids. And to me, that's like a really fascinating kind of relationship. I'm like, oh, I've never experienced that. I see them like interacting with their dad, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting, you know, or like. Do you have like an emotional reaction to that? I'd be crying all the time. Uh, it's I, I for me, it's just like a sense of joy, you know. I, I think maybe it's more like, oh, I'm like, okay, I'll look forward to when I become a dad, kind of thing. It's it's oh, more okay. more of that side of it. Uh, I don't feel like I missed anything, but you know, I didn't know that growing up. I didn't know any better, um, and like I felt like a pretty happy kid, generally speaking, you know. Uh, so it's cool, hard. Man. It's hard to say what it is, and I think in college, so many things are changing anyway. Like me as an adult. My career. And you'll become James Bond because he's an orphan too. <laughs> I'm Bond, James Bond. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, everyone has their own different definition of what it's like. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no worries. Thank um, you. You're pretty, you're heavily involved with uh, Mosaic I am. South Pasadena. I am. Why choose that one out of all the mosaics? Right now in LA, there's only two. Other than distance. <laughs> I, uh, Gas money. That's the yeah, reason. I was at Hollywood for many, many years. I loved it. I still have friends there. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed. I love it too. I, I, yeah, some of my some clo- really close friends that I have, I made there, and so like for me, it's almost like. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into the scandal. Let's go. <laughs> Why did you switch? <laughs> I think the thing that I really appreciate about South Pasadena was that there was a wide range in terms of like generations, mm. and I feel like there's so much um, wisdom with different generations. You know. I think the cool thing about um, South Pasadena is that there's people who've been at Mosaic for 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And for me, I really valued that character, the characteristic of like staying power. Someone that's consistent, that's loyal, that is willing to go through the ups and downs. And I think what's hard is that in in Hollywood, it's like this wide net of people. People, I I constantly remember when I was there, I would always meet somebody that's like, "Oh yeah, I just moved to LA yesterday or three days ago," and then they'll be there. They'll be there. But I've also been around a situation where a lot of people are there for a season of their life, and then they they go wherever they go, you know, and oh. for all kinds of reasons, good, you know, good reasons. Like some people get married, some people. Um, you know, they want to go back to their family who's in a different state. And so they go back or, you know, some, some people who pursue a career and they're like, you know what? I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. I tried it. I made it. I made that effort. And now I want to go somewhere else and do something different. And so for me, it was kind of emotionally exhausting seeing like people come and go, come and go, come and go. And I was like, man, if I want to really build roots somewhere, I want to be able to feel that even if it's a sense, a slight sense of like confidence that I feel like the people around me are going to be around. Uh-huh. And if these people have been around for 20 years, They'll probably be around for another 20 years. Interesting algorithm. Yeah. So I, I, that was a, and it was a tough, it was really tough because I think culturally, like in terms of like fashion conversations, entertainment conversations, more of those people are probably at Hollywood. Yeah. And so I miss having that, like meeting a random person and having a conversation about fashion or like, 
Oh, I, I like to see a bunch Zonder. of filmmakers yeah, like, in pa- Pasadena. Yeah, not to say Pasadena doesn't have them either. There's there's a handful of people that are, but yeah. at Hollywood, I knew that like every Sunday I would meet somebody, maybe brand new, and we could kind of spark a cool conversation about something. Okay. Yeah. So you like people who stick around? <laughs> I th- I feel like everyone does, right? <laughs> Generally, I don't know about churches. It's understandable. See, my list of friends are reducing because they're falling in love. Okay. And then you just don't see them anymore. How or, do you feel about it, dude? It's like it's a I'm on a circuit of different emotions about that. It's there's there is some bitterness, there is also indifference, and then there's some sadness. I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I don't know who I want to be close to, mm, mm. and that's kind of daunting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And I go to a weekly small group that I love, but I don't actually physically attend their Sunday churches, Sundays. But I've been to Mosaic Hollywood a bunch of times uh, before COVID. I always had a good experience there. There's some cons to it that I'm, I'm, I hate to say. Well, I can't wear denim anymore because every other person wears a denim jacket. And uh, the and denim jacket, okay, okay, the blue denim jacket. You know, no, I know, you know I know what, what you mean? mean. I know what you mean. I love um, Pastor Owens. I love the, uh, I love the spectacle. Right, right, right. Same, um, same. But for such a mega church, it's actually hard for me to connect. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe that takes time, a lot of time, because there's a thousand people there um, and they're all smiling way too much. And you're not exactly sure who to gravitate towards. So that's what I've, I've heard a lot of these uh, these um, these opinions because. OK, uh, so how do we solve that? No, I mean, I, I, I resonate 100 percent like I. I went there for probably a whole year and I didn't know a single person, but I just kind of went. And I think... Oh, come on. You went for a whole year and you didn't... Yes, honestly. You didn't befriend any uh, usual... Honestly. The only people I knew were people I knew before I went there. I feel like... A whole year, Jason. Whole, on, honestly, honestly, a whole year. Next time wear a name tag on your denim jacket and then like... be like. I mean, I met people. It's not like I didn't meet anybody, but like in terms of actual friendships. And then it took me probably another like six months after that period where I started serving at church. 18 months 18 months i have to go there for 18 months and and that's the thing that's tough is that like this is kind of my personality i feel like i make friends really slow okay but once i become friends i feel like it's harder to kind of break it apart but that's not everyone's personality like i would meet people who just come like a week before and then they're making friends i'm like i've been here for six months and they're already making friends with that person and i've seen this person for six months and so that's kind of my like i guess like name tag dude name tag we man i gotta get the name tag right there yeah. No, and I, I feel like that's maybe a weakness or maybe something that I, I can need to work on is like connecting with people better. But yeah. It's, yeah, um, I, I, I feel you on that. And LA is a okay. big city. I'm not yeah. totally crazy then. I feel like, it's, especially in a large church, it's uh, where it feels yeah. like everybody knows each other. Or it can be very lonely. Yeah, there there's always going to be pros and cons. I'm not complaining about Mosaic only. Like every church that I've been to, there's always pros and cons. Sure, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. So, and I recently found out that they don't have weekly uh, small groups. It's a seasonal thing. So maybe when that comes up, that could help. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff in Mosaic is uh, more organically driven. So I I just did a Bible study for four weeks with with one of my friends, and we just did that. And it's like not an official thing, but like people that know us, we invited. Most of the people that are there are coming from Mosaic. But it's like stuff like that is always happening. But to get connected with that, 
you know, it's it's almost it's, I won't say random, but like if you're in that circle of people, or if I, if I met you within the last four weeks, I would have told you about it. You know, that kind of situation. Okay. But other than that, you know, it, yeah. It, if there's like a hangout or a small group, I'm I'm totally down. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of the mosaic branch. Right, right, right. When did you give your life? Uh, I grew up in church with parents too. Yeah, my parents are Christian. That's great. Yeah. So I, I feel like the give my life story is... No wonder you're at peace. Very, very subtle. Yeah. It's a very subtle thing. I, don't, I, I, I can't name it a time or moment. That's um, okay. But I do feel like my spiritual journey has evolved in the same way that I've evolved as a person or even matured as a person. So like how I thought about it when I was a kid versus middle school, high school, uh-huh. college. Like these are all like, I think, huge checkpoints where I started to see my life differently. I saw God differently. Even even like even the last three years, I feel like my relationship to religion and spirituality has evolved in a good way. Yeah, I think it's more meaningful. I'm constantly. I think my like my spiritual life or whatever you want to call it, it's something I'm constantly wrestling with. Yeah, I think there's so many things, so many questions I have about why life is the way it is, why church is the way it is. Yeah, why is it the way it is? It, it's a, it's a big question. It's a big, I don't have answers. I don't why have answers. Church, why do churches never have parking lots? Why? 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 Only LA. If you if if you're in a suburban area, you'll you'll find the parking lots. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> That's why you like Pasadena. <laughs> that is a plus. That is a plus. Street parking and coffee. Are you involved? Like as a volunteer? Yeah. Oh, what are you team. doing? Welcome team. Welcome team. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best way to connect, right? Because you're seeing them up front. When I first started, I was on a part of creative team with the denim so jackets. I was doing, <laughs> I was doing like videography and stuff, but it felt like too close to my work, and I, yeah, I didn't really enjoy it. I totally feel that. Welcome team was completely out of my uh, comfort zone, oh, and good. I think that's that's part of the reason why I think I was attracted to it was that I felt like I met all these people who were that helps you grow. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. Get, help me like get out of my own head. If anything, it's just like yeah. Oh, let me help meet the need of somebody else. You know, yes. they're they're the new person. So instead of me being do the so golden rule, on, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think comfort me. is the enemy. Yeah, I agree. So to speak, I agree. Wow. I okay, agree. you're still on welcoming to how long have you been doing that? South Pasadena just opened up in person like a year ago. So oh, I that's probably, it. Feels like pandemic, a long time. Pandemic, so it's but like based on that energy, it feels year. like a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, in LA, you know. One month, three months, five months, it just passes, and it just feels like something. Oh, happen. Einstein, you were right. Um, yeah, it's all emotional time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. It's interesting that you like it when people stick around because that could be like a reflection about what happened to you. That's a good. That's a good point. That's a really good point because you moved around a lot. Yes, yes. You uh, unfortunately lost mom and dad, and you always have to restart with friends every time you move to a new city. Yep. Yeah, I've had a couple. I've had a couple of those like school, camp That's a great observation. I, I agree with that kind of assessments. Like, I think subconsciously, me, I am searching yeah. for this sense of like foundation and like. Do you have that fear of like nothing lasts? I do. Which I wouldn't is, say it's like a crazy fear that I'm thinking about on, on the time. Oh, it's but, a crazy fear, bro. <laughs> Wait till you get in my head. You want to go Inception? Let's go. I'll show you some things that don't last. No, I get um, it. I get it conceptually. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, it's a huge fear of mine. Mm, I see, I see. Yeah. And it's a huge reality. It is a reality. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing lasts. Were you aware that you had that fear? Or did no, you No, I just, thought about it. I definitely thought about or it. Or you just realized it just now? No, I th- I've, I've thought about it for a while. Did you ever go to therapy? Um, I went to therapy a couple of times. Uh, when my dad passed, we went to like kid therapy when I was As like, a kid? Yeah. 
Oh, um, and you remember that? It's very vague. I remember oh. like it's 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 more like kids. So they would we would draw pictures and say like oh, oh. draw a memory that you had of your parents and and I you drew a, a dark black figure with like red claws and stuff, right? It's like bas. Uh, Basquiat kind of like style. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking more insidious, but uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm no, so no, no. dark. Definitely not a good fine artist, but uh, I did that, and also did therapy when I was in um, high school. Oh, that helps. So, yeah. Do you think we'll be able to keep our memories in heaven? I have no clue, but if I had to choose one, I would say yes. I'd hope so. <sighs> and, and I've heard a lot of people say that you know, like. They're really afraid to die, and I feel like that's, you know, that's not an uncommon thing. And I, I don't necessarily feel that. And maybe I have a weird relationship with death. You know, I'm, I've been around it. You know, like just being yeah. around it when, as a as a younger person. Like, yeah. my mom and my grandma died the same year, so the oh, same year my shit. grandma passed away as well. Oh, jeez. And she, and she's one I grew up with her as well. And so, and in a weird way, I I'm very at peace with it. And so, do you have fantasies about reuniting? Uh, play that in your head definitely definitely for sure for sure does does it look like Switzerland where you're like (laughs) running each other in slow motion and your dog is there I'm thinking of like the last scene in uh, Shawshank Redemption where they're in Mexico and it's like panning out and he runs towards the yeah that's that's a good one I'm not making a joke I mean these I mean we have these fantasies like it doesn't come up often but like now that you mention it I'm like oh I definitely have thought about that like in a weird way I had some dreams recently where um, my mom was in it, but it's always oh. funny is that when she's in it and Tell I'm me. in the dream, I don't realize that she's not around. She, it feels like she, it's, she's present, like in like, the dream, like she never or passed away. it's just like, we just kind of existing in a moment that exists in the dream, in the dream. Correct. Okay. That's great. Yeah. What it's, happened in the dream? What's the action? I can't even remember what happened. Dude, you got to write this down. Write it's this it's down. funny. Cause I'll, you know how, when you're dreaming, uh, I, I, and I dream, I have like crazy dreams every day. So it's kind of weird, but I'll wake up and I'll have like very, very distinct memories of whatever the dream is. Yes. But unlike a memory, it's actually not like downloaded onto my head. It's just, it's just in the RAM that gets like wiped away. When, and does, so, when does with, that movie come out? <laughs> so within the next five minutes, I forget exactly what I was thinking, even though it was like crystal clear. Like I tell you every single beat of the story of what I was going on in the dream. Hmm. Within five minutes, it's all gone. Sure. It and takes so, practice. It takes mental practice. I guess I, I I do feel like if I wrote what it about down, like, like a voice memo, it's the fastest way. Man, I I think when I'm waking up, I'm just exterior like, I'm <laughs> ship night. Jason walks through an open yeah uh, I warehouse. Jumped, I jumped into the ocean, and when I swam up to the pier, my mother was waiting there. Yeah, and it's not. I think a lot of those dreams too. It's nothing. It's like very like we're just like at the house talking or something. Like it's like about nothing that's really even important. It's just like some conversation we're having about that's some great for everything. So, that's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 it's. Like, I wake up with like a little, little like a happy feeling in my heart, you know. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still grieving over my golden retriever. I, I wish I had more dreams about her. <sighs> I mean, pets are tough. Pets are tough. Losing. A pet. Yeah, we um, we don't know if they go to heaven or not. But I asked a pastor friend to come over and do a blessing. Okay. Like a little baptism. I won't say who because I'm not sure if it's legal, but um. <laughs> You don't want to get this, pa- this 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 pastor. No, I don't want to get him in trouble. But he was so kind to come over for free, pretty much, and brought his little Bible, did a scripture, did the oil on her forehead. Oh wow! Said a prayer. And, oh wow! Um, and I asked him that dumb question: Do you do, dogs do you think heaven? dogs go to heaven? Uh, He's like, well, God did did tell Noah to save the animals, right? True. Yeah, but 
okay, we just don't know. Like I said, like we just don't know until we know. I like to believe she did. Yeah. Now dogs uh, are like family, so it's 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 yeah. It's, it's like losing really a child. Yeah. Are you in a relationship? I am. Since when? Since uh, early this year, uh, March. Okay, how'd that happen? Uh, we met through friends of friends, um, friends from Mosaic. Uh, it's it a lot of friends word in there. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> mutual friends, mutual friends. It was really organic. Like it was just like, oh, we're hanging out here. It's like a Halloween party. Oh, our friends having a birthday party, and just kind of like meeting very organically, and then we just connected, and that was pretty much it. What else can you say? It's been fun. I was you guys are for official? a long time. Yeah. Wait, what? We're official. Yeah. I don't know the rules anymore. When do you go official now? I, I'm, I'm slow. Like, I, I go official maybe five, six months. Like, how do you do it? Uh, man, dating, like like your previous question about orphans, dating is also, I think, very subjective and also uh, different for everyone. No, 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 no. You can't escape this question. You got to. What, what do you feel like? Okay, let me ask you this. What is you feel like your biggest challenge in dating right now? Oh, my goodness. If you're honest with yourself. Yeah. Like, whatever. If you feel comfortable, whatever you want to say. No, you can ask me anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what do you, well, well, yeah, that's that's a question I've been asking a lot of my, my guy friends who are around our age. My challenge about it? You're probably asking me. I'm not trying to dodge it. You're probably asking me at the wrong time because I'm happily single. Oh, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. I got into photography because this girl who I thought I was in love with, um, and that fell apart between us in 2016, 17. Um, biggest challenge. Jeez. While you're thinking, I think part of my story, too, is I felt like I was very happily single as well, while equally wanting to be in a relationship. I think both can exist. It's not. I don't think it's a binary. Yeah, thing. I'm slowly getting yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you don't want to, so that's obviously that's that's fine. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I am curious, like in your general perspective of life. I have crushes on people. Okay. <laughs> but I know it's I got to be realistic, you know, like I don't think we could. I don't think she sees me that way or I think we're miles apart. Uh, not physically, but just uh, personality. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Biggest challenge. Oh, I, I love time alone. I don't like too much change. Um, I'm afraid of quitting things I love for a woman. Mostly bad things, Jason. Okay. I'm clearly not ready for it. No, I mean, I think I think it's... Uh, Conflict? I, mean, I was single for a long time, and I feel like I got a lot of like great advice and I feel like what I'm hearing is almost like the current idea you have of a relationship does not connect with the life you currently have. Say that again? Your current image of relationships does not connect with how you feel your life currently is. I think what I'm That's hearing in your mind is like, if, I'm in, if I have a girlfriend, I'm going to lose time for myself. If I have a girlfriend, I'm not going to be able to pursue what I want to pursue. And what I'm suggesting is what if that reality is actually not true, is that you could have both. I'd love to have both. But it's just going to take more time to find that person. Do you have that? I feel I, I feel really lucky lucky, and I feel like I do. Um, and, and, and I'm saying this. What does she not do? Real, <laughs> I'm realizing that I didn't know this was possible until I met her. Wow. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I love talking about relationships. Are you like Christopher Nolan and his producing wife? Are you, are you that kind of team? No. And I, and I actually value that we're not in that way, in that direct way. I love that she's doing her own thing. I love that she has like overlapping kind of like interests, you know, but like that's, she has her own world of interest. I have my own world of interest. That's important. We support each other's interests. Yeah. But we also love space for each other yeah. from each other in a healthy way, you know, to do our own thing. Yeah. And that we are excited about each other when we're doing that. So it's kind of, I mean, I feel really lucky. 
But I feel like that exists. So you met in March and or you became official in March? We met in October. It's almost been a year. So October to March you became March you became official. We started date we we went on a couple of dates in like February, like late February and I February was like, 14? After February 14. Smart. <laughs> no gifts. We 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 um but at that we were kind of hanging out on a on a semi-regular basis with like mutual friends anyway. So it wasn't like it wasn't but like But 5 anything. months, isn't that the friend zone? I mean, I I honestly wasn't even sure how I felt because I was so I had been single for so long. I didn't even know what dating was. And so I think all of my friends around me knew that I had interest, but I didn't even know that I had interest. That makes sense. And it wasn't until we went on a date where I was like, oh, she's really cool. And it kind of like, just kind of like. What's her name? Tracy. Hi, Tracy. You got to write a book, Jason and Tracy, the novel. Uh, well, that's great. I'm happy for you. I think um, for you, I want to say it's like the the woman that wants to be with you is out there, but you have to. No, 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 no. Don't patronize me, please. <laughs> they, she doesn't exist. She's dead. They're all dead. You know, I'm an optimist. This is my angle, man. This is my lane. Hook me up then. <laughs> you know people. I don't go out. Should, okay. I, should, should I find a pessimist for you? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Look at me, dude. You want double the trouble? I got to give you that yin and yang. Your question is a great question. The challenges, which is which will take me hours to respond, but I can tell you what I do want. Okay. I mean, having a drive is super critical because the last girl I dated didn't, and I got COVID from her. I didn't know I wanted a creative artist as well until like in recent years. Break that down. What do you mean? Like someone in relatively in the same world as we are in creative arts. It's I guess it's like a new turn on or a new attraction for me. What 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 do you think it is about that? Like what like break it down. I feel like I'm on your podcast. Like I guess supporting each other, um, helping each other and pushing each other without like stepping on toes and without like overtaking or overruling that kind of stuff. I look at like Christopher Nolan that like I mentioned. How the hell do you stay married to your coworker for that long? That's like one out of a million. Um, Chris Mercury is like that. Um I, I would love to I'm very pessimistic about marriage so I'm scared to death about it so but if it were if I were to catch that bug it would be something like that someone who was raised with family uh, preferably mom and dad if not that's okay but definitely a dad a loving father someone who can teach me things that I'm scared to do and vice versa you know so I'm an introvert um, I think it's okay if she's an extrovert I don't want too many reflections of each other but definitely like um, something that can, like you said, the yin and yang. Someone who has beautiful eyes. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Great smile. Oh, that's um, that's that's underrated. Physically active, um, and a bonus would be someone who's got some, you know, good fashion taste. I guess. My yeah. my initial thoughts when you're speaking, uh, I feel like. Oh boy, <laughs> let's have it. <laughs> is this is this is this is this, um, is this okay? No, I love it. I feel like... Um, okay, your time's up. Bye. <laughs> Stop the recording now. What do I do, Jason? Go, go back to all the things you mentioned, right? Okay. I think they're all great things. And I think a way to kind of shift the perspective is, for example, the creative one. I think, that's, I think that I get that in, in theory. It's like there is a sense of mutual understanding, right? There's a sense of sure. like understanding your work life. But it's almost like you're actually not looking for someone creative. You're looking for someone who understands you. That's what I'm hearing, right? You want someone that understands you. So they don't have to be creative, but as long as they're alongside, supportive, and understand you. Uh, that's true. Um, I actually want both. 
Okay, I mean, which is fair. I'm not, I'm not telling you what you want. But I don't, don't want, want someone who's the exact same job title as me. I mean, of we're going gonna to be killing each other. Of course, and I think yeah. there's infinite iterations of what yeah, creative yeah. means and, I mean, what, and so de- forth. Designer or, or a producer or, or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, but I feel like the, the characteristics of someone that is... Like, you can have a creative that's not supportive, right? You can have a creative that's super egotistical. That'd be so, bad. Right, right. And so it's almost like the creative is actually not the thing you really want. It's that other characteristic of who they are. And I feel like sometimes uh, it's easy for me, even when I'm looking at people or like assessing people, is to get attracted to kind of like that first layer. Oh, they're A, B, C, or D on the checklist. But ultimately what I'm not looking for is A, B, C, or D. I'm looking for something that's underneath it. But it's easy to recognize the other things first. And so... I think when I'm hearing you, it's just like you have those things, but like, what's the thing underneath it that really is what the thing is? It could it's, include creativity. There's a lot of things not- in that speech there. Um, I think I follow. I mean, I have to listen to this again. So, well, listen, if you if you got a if you got a list, um, send them my way with thumbnails. <laughs> this is a free flowing conversation, man. I'm 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 just I'm sharing what I'm I'm hearing from you. Thank you for your your uh, you opening about what I, you're, yeah, what you're going I, through. I, I hate online dating. I I love the old school just meeting new people at birthday parties. I think that's the best way to meet. You got to go to more birthday parties. Well, I'm losing friends, like I said. I mean, they... Hey, no, you got to go to the kids' birthday parties now. What? Why? No. No, your friends' kids' birthday parties. No, they're all boring. You're closing off on a potential opportunity. Okay, this might sound really superficial. Um, <laughs> I, I'm also not super duper attracted to people in my age range because i feel like my life just started a few years ago and it makes me feel so alive i was working at office jobs most of my life which i highly regret i wasted my 20s and i feel like my life is just starting i'm living the dream and when i'm like in doing something creatively or on production or on set i feel like i'm 28 it's just very soulfully animating for me and i think mentally i'm down there but physically i'm like old i guess that's dope no, does that make good. sense oh yeah absolutely i'm not trying to be like george clooney and marry someone who's like 30 years younger or anything not I, that he, not that he did but yeah and i'm gonna want to i don't want to stereotype either i i think that like uh, i just i'm just trying not to sound so hollywood but there's an openness that that i think um a lot of people who are younger have whatever you want to find younger as yeah. i think as people grow older they naturally know what they want and they're kind of comfortable with certain things, and that's kind of how their personality develops. I feel like that's most people. Yeah. But I think what I'm suggesting is, guys, we get in trouble every time we say age is just a number. It's we do get that eye, you know that no, eye. I Jason? know. I I I, huh? I, have, huh? I have some friends who. How old is Tracy? She's 32. That's great. Yeah. She just turned 32. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday, whoever this person is. <laughs> Does she wear a lot of denim? I mean, she wears jeans. I don't know if that counts. Last thing about that. When you're really involved in a church, and let's say you meet someone romantically, great. But what if they're committed to their church? This actually happened to me in my past with somebody. You have to pick, and someone loses. When you're single, do you only look for someone in the same church? Or do you keep a distance of your church? And when you do meet somebody romantically who's heavily involved in her church, are you okay with switching sides? In the dating phase, I don't think that question is actually really that important. But when when you get serious, though. Right. But I feel like that space from when someone's first dating 
if they're looking at like all these other things that affects just dating, it's like the we don't even know we don't even know each other yet. Yeah, I'm trying to decide. And this is and, and I say this because I, I feel like I'm like this. I'm like, oh, I saw the person wear this clothing. So does that mean that A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P? But I even had a conversation with them. I'm just making a projection of what it could be, and so I'm finding reasons for myself not to try something and just meet somebody, right? And so what I'm saying, it's like as important as that conversation is, and I know some pe- couples who have to go through that, and it was challenging, especially for uh, they both love their church or whatever. But I feel like if you're in this place where you're just trying to meet people and yeah. then date, yeah, that's I don't think that should be relevant right now. Not to say okay. it's not important in the future, but I feel like. If there is a genuine relationship, that gets worked out a lot easier, especially if both of you guys are mature, both of you guys understand the other person's needs. Yeah. Who knows? Like, you guys are checking each other's churches, you connect with someone from their church, and it's like, well, okay, I guess it's not as bad as I thought, or vice versa. Like, anything could happen, but I feel like there's so many reasons why people end up not trying something. Okay. That's good to know. I'll tell her that if, if, if it ever comes up <laughs> on the second date. Or something. I don't know. For some people, it's really, really important. Like they need to get that by day one, and maybe that's not your personality. It's like, <sighs> oh man, I, I can't, I can't do the, yeah, I can't do the. Uh, I don't know if I can leave. Yeah. schedule. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. It's and it's tough. It's tough. It's. I, I'm not saying it's easy, but uh, wait. Before we go, I oh. need to ask you. No. Okay. So the answer is no. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what? How much do you want to borrow? Can you share your experience of running a podcast? And I feel like this is the modern day of like. Hey guys, I'm a rapper kind of situation. <laughs> but what is the experience? Any tips? Like, what are some? Can you drop just drop a couple nuggets? Oh, for running a podcast, yeah. It's mostly learning. Originally, my vision was to take people not to judge a person by the book of the cover. Like, for example, I spoke to a few models, and I'm sure people have their own stereotypes about them. But you know, once they started sharing, you'll be speechless or in awe. And talking to executives, just learning things that they don't teach about film school. I mean, I guess on the surface, it can look like a narcissistic like show that I'm doing because everyone's almost everyone's doing a podcast because right. it's so easy to produce. Right, right, right. You don't have to worry about lights, makeup, cameras, maybe one. Yeah, you don't have to worry about sets or anything like that. It's very easy to produce. It's hard to stick out for sure. If you want to take it really seriously, like get ads and shit. Yeah. I'm not in that mindset yet because I'm just purely doing this out of my own pleasure. What are some things that you feel like you've learned um, or like you've uh, not learned, but like uh, things you've had to like get better at from from when you first started? Asking questions for sure, because I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. The people who ask the worst questions are are regular people at Q&A's. You know why? (laughs) What's up? It's a lot of it's a lot of nonsense before they actually ask the question. (laughs) <laughs> hey like, i just want to let you know <laughs> let's say let's say you're a famous director right now right 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 and i'm just some nobody who's a big fan you know and i'll go on for like a minute about yes, your film yes yes and then they'll go my question for you is right 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 i'm yeah. like bro just ask the fucking question directly <laughs> dude they don't have time for this shit nobody cares about you i mean not that you, they're not important but it's like uh a lot of the stuff before is more about them. I think ordinary people, just like the age of internet and Instagram, I think everyone generally wants to be famous. They want to have their shining moment. For sure. Yeah. So they they dress up the question 
and it gets worse too is that other people will give multiple <laughs> choices questions <laughs> before they're done talking so i got three questions oh <laughs> no not even like that it's like so it's like this so jason when you're when you're going to start your fashion brand like like how, how how do you get all your stuff? Do you talk to a consultant? Oh, do you oh, go right, to a right, website? Right, 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 Did right. you talk to someone at church? Like how do you do it? Right. Oh, and also, um, <laughs> do you have to like physically move around all the time when you do pickups and stuff like that? Where do you get those pickups? Like how much are you really driving? Do you expense these things? Go ahead. Right, right. I was like, so going back to your first question, Anther- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, got you. Questions need to be somewhat smart and concise. You can speak volumes of emotion with just a few words. Right. You know, it's like, are you afraid of losing what you love? That kind of stuff. Right, right, right. I am for sure. Yeah. I'm still thinking how beautiful it is that your mom and dad are together in Sacramento. Yeah. I think that's, oh, thank you. that's so sweet. Yeah. Just questioning. Just ask. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I think if my, my interest in it really comes to like, I feel like I have some really great conversation with friends that I think... At the least, I want to just document it. But mm-hmm. I was like, man, I feel like these are conversations that is like podcast, podcast-esque podcast type of content. Sure. Uh, it should be a conversation, yeah. You don't ever want to mention the keyword interview because then that kind of plant the seed of like what it could be. Right. Um, sometimes the guests are bad. It's true. Oh, wait, hold on. All my guests have been great. But... <laughs> But some will give really long answers and then it naturally feels like an interview because I'm just waiting for them to stop. Right. And then I'm like, go down, go down my list of questions. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. that's happened a couple times, which is fine because overall it was um, still a very learning, ex- good experience. And um, they told some good stories, thank God. Um, cool. But yeah, it's got to be like a coffee chat, you know, just... Um, do you listen to Howard Stern? Because he's a master at it. Not recently. I mean, he's a good example of someone being like has that stigma of being like filthy, yeah, yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Uh, sexually. Um, right, right, right. I've seen like like some of the classic sexual. interviews from like 10, 15 years ago, or whatever. But sure, that was recently. pretty sexual. But um, <laughs> nowadays, in the past, I say five, ten years, he's been performing these amazing, in-depth, um, really inside the heart um sometimes gut punching like brilliant uh creative conversations with some of the biggest stars and not just entertainment but like uh, other known people so the anecdote i remember the most from him is when he interviewed uh stephen colbert oh and you know how stephen colbert lost his two brothers and his father from a plane crash i know that when stephen colbert was a kid he Ah, lost two brothers and his father in a plane crash on September 11th of all fucking days. Sheesh. And he also had many siblings and just his mom raising them. And then Stephen Colbert admitted he was the clown in the family, always trying to make everyone laugh, always trying to make his mom smile. Right, and then right, Howard right. Stern asked a brilliant question. He said, is it difficult for you to be around crying women now? Hmm. And then Stephen Colbert was gasping in like awe because he's like, damn, that's a deep question. How did you know how to ask that? Hmm. Because he was right. That explains why he kept trying to make his mom laugh growing up because she was doing all the heavy lifting. So things like that, man. Mm. Also, what this taught me, this is the number one thing. I've just remembered it now is that um, you become a better listener. Mm. That applies to everything in your life. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah. I see. 
you also become better at uh, improving your senses, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind it of detection. Sense. It makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah, right? um, that sounds really scary, but uh, it's it's just something. Spidey that senses. It just happens naturally. I'm not saying you're becoming a serial killer or a, a FBI profiler, but stuff like that. No, I've heard that about street photographers who um, they have to kind of notice the lighting, the people walking around, and they're yeah. like, "I just become my senses just heightened about everything." Like. Oh, you, you asked me about the challenges of dating. Um, I have a voracious hatred towards uh, entitlement. Okay, and, that makes sense. And narcissism. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Who likes that I, stuff? I, I guess if you're, if you're in the hot seat, it, it feels good. No, you're <laughs> in the hot seat. How about this? Lightning round. Okay. You're standing in line to ask God any question you want, and he's going to give you a direct answer. What's your question? Man, this is a lightning round question? No. <laughs> I improvised just now. I mean, it's a good question. I'm not, this is not a lightning round question. Let, uh, you're in heaven. He only takes one question a year. Not like those prayers okay, that is, take is, forever. Is the multiverse real? Well, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a yes or no. That's boring. I, I don't need to know the details. I How just about to know. take me to the multiverse? <laughs> is the multiverse real? Um... I'm writing a script about that, actually. My, if I had to say yes or no, I would say yes. Maybe you want it to be real, huh? I think, I don't know if I want it to be real, but I feel like it makes somewhat sense, I guess. I would ask something similar. I would ask, is there another planet of, like, you know, intelligent organisms yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, a, like, like us? Yeah, yeah, that's a, I, I would, that'd be really interesting. Uh, last question for, for real. Uh, <laughs> when are you going to direct your next film? 2024. Any film? A film? Like, it could be a short. I don't care. I, I think 2024 is okay. Seems like it feels like it feels like a good number. Wait a minute, what the hell are you doing for the next year and a half? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff to do. What? I, I, I could be directing other projects. I could be designing more pieces, shooting for photography, writing. Maybe maybe it takes me like 18 months to write it. I don't know. No, I'm just talking about like a short film. I mean, something it could doesn't has like a zero budget too. It could be. Like, I feel I feel good. I mean, maybe sooner. I. I I don't feel. I think this is the beauty of where I am with my journey is that like, I don't feel like I'm in a rush to create anything. Sure. Uh, I guess the downside. Don't wait of too that, long. The downside is definitely this less this lack of urgency. Sometimes yeah, urgency is nice a nice a nice motivator and a nice driver. That's that's my job. Right. That's what I'm here for. But you're gonna hate me in a few months. <laughs> no, I mean I'll hate you in twenty end of 2024. I haven't done anything yet. I think I'll still hate you in 2023 because that's that's so much time. I guess I need these people in my life to push me. No, like, I appreciate that's that. That's so much time. Uh, anyway, we gotta end this. How would you ex- how would you rate this experience to my face? This one, has been fun. One to ten. This has been fun. Hopefully, not it's not because I'm a narcissist and I like talking about myself, but it's been fun. It's okay. I talked about myself. I think I feel like we went to a lot of different interesting topics. I think we could go deeper with the supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Okay. Any last thoughts? Thanks for inviting me onto the show. Uh, it's been show. fun. I like that. So if you have any birthday parties to go to, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Will do. Okay, great. Take Thanks. Care.